This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. You all may have heard me talk before about Word in Black, uh, which is a conglomeration. Uh, it's a groundbreaking collaboration of the nation's leading black news publishers. And as I was perusing Word in Black, which I, I definitely suggest that you do, I came across an amazing article that really kind of stopped me cold by one. Uh, this is an amazing reporter, Alexa Imani Spencer. She's a journalist, a mental health writer and researcher, and she has experience covering health, business, police and education. And this article was entitled, Here's Why Depression in Black Women Might Be Overlooked by Doctors. Alexa, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me this morning, Larry. I'm super excited to have this very important conversation. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Listen, I, you know, I feel like I felt like I understood what depression looks like. I kind of had the, the clinical understanding. And then I read your article and was like, well, wait a minute. There's about 511 black women in my life who I know who experience these sorts of symptoms. And I hadn't necessarily thought to also put them under the depression umbrella. Can you talk with us about how depression is showing up for the population as we generally understand it? And what is unique about the way that black women experience it? Absolutely. That's a great starting point. And, you know, before we even get into it, I want to take a moment to just uh, define depression because we do know it looks different for so many different people. So depression is a serious mental illness that impacts how a person feels, thinks, or acts. And over time, it can lead to emotional and physical problems that really make it hard to do simple functions at home or at work. So knowing that, and most of the United States struggles with depression, right, in general. So based on the reporting I did for this particular article, I found a study that highlighted how black women's symptoms of depression show up differently than what is commonly recognized as depression. As depression. So the researchers at New York University and Columbia University who came together and they examined data from 227 black women who were screened for depression as part of another study. It's a past study called Intergym. And so what they found was that black women were more likely to report symptoms other than sadness or hopelessness. So those particular are known to be common forms of um, common symptoms related to depression. But it's important to note that there are 1,500 different combinations of symptoms Whoa. that can meet the criteria for a depressive disorder. So. 1,500 people can walk into a doctor's office and all have different combinations of symptoms, but all have a form of depression. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is the reason we're not able to recognize it in black women is because there's a lack of research concerning our symptom variations. So these researchers realized that black women were more likely to report things such as trouble sleeping, self-criticism, which is a big one, and an inability to experience pleasure. Mm. What was the one that you said before, inability to experience pleasure, that got a little uh, muffled in your sound? Self-criticism. 
self-criticism okay can we pause there for a minute good like okay let's just pretend it's just us black woman to black woman okay being (laughs) self-critical is sort of part of our superpower (laughs) at least this is what i've been taught you know you have to be aware of who you are in this world and and think about you know how you show up and and conform like i feel like being self-critical is a survival skill that we kind of pass down so that we're always making sure that we are on point for that to be also attributed to our depression it feels like the very skill set that we're gravitating towards as a support is also harming us. Am I understanding you correctly? That's correct. Huh? So this study was able to demonstrate that this is how it shows up for us. Self-criticism, irritability, inability to experience pleasure, trouble sleeping. These are all, I I feel like you could describe the typical day in a black woman's life. And now the irritability kind of, my eyebrows raise a little bit, but you know, there can be. So let's tease that out a little bit in a way that people can relate to the the concept without being put off by the word. When we're talking about irritability, I hear women being a nag. And, And is that the way I should hear it? Is there some other way I should be interpreting? that so that I don't have like an emotional reaction to block me from accepting it? No, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, irritability, when we think about it, when you're irritable, you know what I'm saying? When you mentioned self-criticism and that kind of being a norm for black women, I think some of us can recognize that being irritated can be um, a norm as well. And, and we're, we're going to, you know, destigmatize this right now and get out of the idea of being an angry black woman and literally just talk about what we experience and feel as black women. We carry a lot on our shoulders and Mm. we've carried a lot for generations and we don't have to sit here and act like those things don't irritate us because a lot of times they Mm. do, but when we normalize them and we refuse to look at them or even our system, our society refuses to acknowledge what is causing those internal challenges, we end up where we are right now, suffering from depression and many of us not knowing it because it's been normalized. Okay. Can I ask you a question that might yeah. step, if it's going to put you in hot water, we can back away. But this is, this is the first thing that comes to me as I'm thinking about how this shows up. You're saying I might have a right to be irritated that most of the households in my community are headed by women. I have a right to be irritated by that. I have a right to I'm be irritated. I'm asking because I'm thinking about some of the conditions that me and my sister friends talk about that we normalize. Mm -hmm. So I have a right to be irritated about my schools failing the children that I may be the only parent there parenting. I have a right to be irritated about the fact that I'm underpaid and overworked and more is expected of me than other people. You may have a right to be irritated about the very things that we know are wrong, but that we sort of normalize as our experience. And I'm asking that because so much of that being okay with the fact that we're the ones heading up households, if there is a single parent, parent being okay with the like that all sort of seems part and parcel of our experience and it also feels like part and parcel of what within our community we expect black women to just shoulder but if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying yeah no sis you can be okay you can be upset about that no absolutely i mean at, at the beginning and end of the day we're human you know what i mean and and none of us have more power over one another than we do of ourselves. Like we're all sovereign beings. And so at the end of the day, we have the right to feel what we, what we feel. That's Mm. our truth. And I think it's important that we not suppress those feelings because, you know, everyone's feelings are valid. They're coming up for a reason. Yes. Things we see in our society, a lot of them are jacked up and they've been jacked up for a very long time. But if we kind of try to mute those things, how will we ever be motivated, you know, to change what we're seeing? And hopefully 
make it less likely for the black girls and women who come after us to not experience those feelings or depression. Mm. This I'm struggling with this a little bit because I, some of the things that irritate a lot of the black women that I know are reflected within our broader community. So let's talk about interpersonal relationships and, and I'm going back to the family unit. Like I have a number of sister friends who are in single parent households and they are irritated by the fact that everywhere they look is a whole bunch of women that look like them holding down households. Oftentimes with, with male partners who are from the movement, conscious brothers, no red, black, and green can throw up the, you know, know how to talk that talk and walk that walk. And these women are often criticized and maligned for their irritation at the experience that they are having. And so when we talk about irritability, that's one of the first examples that came up for me. When women are showing up as sort of that angry black woman, woman when we have tried all of the calm options, we try the nice dulcet tones, we put it in writing, we do all the things. And then when we finally show up as angry because we are irritated at being ignored, then we are we're basically maligned for having what you're saying is a natural human reaction to the failings of people around us. I want, I just want to make sure I'm not reading more into what you're saying, because this is how I'm interpreting it. So please push back on this. If I'm going in another direction. No, I mean, I think it's definitely something to consider, you know, what causes um, the symptoms lead to depression in black women. That's important. And, and I will note that there are several risk factors that put black women um, that make black women vulnerable for depression, um, irritability is just one of the symptoms, but the risk factors, one of them include poverty. Mm. You know, black women um, after indigenous women in this country are the most likely of all races and gender to live in poverty. And wow. research will show that there's a direct between financial stress and poverty. Mm. So, you know, our economic um, standpoint is directly connected to why we experience um, this mental illness at the rates that we do. Mm. So definitely society and the environment has something to do with this. So one of the things you say in the article that really struck me was that black women are particularly at risk for major depressive disorder or clinical depression. And I'm saying those words intentionally. Well, one, because they're in the quote, but two, because we don't even think about our frustration and our anger and our sadness or sense of hopelessness or inability to experience pleasure. We don't even characterize it as depression. It's just, girl, come on, child, get yourself together. You out of sorts today. Mm -hmm. But you say that we are particularly at risk for major depressive disorders because of those burdens of poverty single parenthood, racial and gender discrimination, which we experience uniquely among all of our counterparts in ways that no one else in the society actually does. But if what we're describing is the average state for a significant portion of the black female population, and that's just another day ending in why for us, are you, am I to understand that most of us are just sort of walking around as zombified versions of ourselves dealing with untreated depression that is contributing to further locking us into that sense of hopelessness and sadness? I mean, let's be real, right? Black woman to black woman. Come on. There are many of us who are walking around who may have untreated and even undiagnosed depression because according to this research, the medical system is just now learning what it looks like for depression to exist in a black woman because most of the research has been done on the white community. Mm. So to your answer, I would say yes. Hmm. 
So what are we to make of this? Because if we're talking about a day that ends in Y, (laughs) literally every day of the week, what was within our realm of ability to control about this issue, about this topic? Uh, Is there treatment that we should be seeking? Are there specific doctors we should be going to? Or quite frankly, before we can even get to the point of having a conversation with the doctor, is there some... Do we believe this, right? Like how many of us are hearing this and saying, girl, y'all just complaining. You just got to be strong. Like you just got to be a strong black woman. Because I think part of the reason uh, many of us don't have conversations about our our internal or emotional dis-ease is because we feel like, well, I'm just not being strong. I'm supposed to be the strong black woman. That is a part of the reason I'm celebrated in this society. Is that part of a block from us seeking the type of medical care that we should be for this issue? It definitely could be. Um, And you mentioned it before, but we use our strength as a survival um, tool for a very long time. And I think more than one thing can be true at the same time. Yes, we know about the concept of, of working twice as hard or being twice as good to get half of what, you know, folks within the white community have. Because, again, speaking of poverty, Many of us are fighting just to bring ourselves and hopefully future generations out of poverty. Um, and that comes with a level of stress, again, that leads to depression. So it's, it's hard, right? It's like you have to work hard a lot of time to get to a better place, a better quality of life in this country at this moment. However, it wears and tears on you after a while. So kind of normalizing your tenacity, your perseverance, can protect you in a way as you move along. But again, it takes a toll on your mind. Mm. Um, And so when it comes to treating these things, definitely on an individual level, you can always seek therapy um, or you can uh, seek medication, you know, prescribed by a psychiatrist. So I just want to, you know, plug two organizations that are doing great work for black women and girls regarding therapy. Mm, One of them is Therapy for Black Girls, which I'm sure a lot of folks know about. They are a great resource if you're looking to find a black woman therapist in particular. Mm-hmm. So, again, finding a provider who understands your experience. That is one way to do it. Therapy for black girls. You can find someone um, remote or also local to you. And then the second organization, because we know about the wealth gap, the racial wealth mm-hmm. gap, a lot of us cannot even afford therapy. Right. So right. we talk about therapy as a solution, but we don't have money for it a lot of times. So many mm-hmm. of us that are underinsured are uninsured. You can look at the Loveland Foundation. They provide free therapy vouchers for black women and girls. What was so the again, name of the organization? On, Say that one more time, please. The Loveland Foundation. The Loveland Foundation. Huh. Yeah. And they yeah. provide free therapy vouchers, you said, for black women? Yes. Wow. That is fantastic. Is this a black-owned foundation or is this a, a philanthropic group generally trying to do good work? This is a Black-owned foundation, and forgive me that I don't have wow. the sister's name, in front, but it started from, um, I wish I had her name. She she did a fundraiser for Black women and girls for therapy, I think for her birthday one year, mm. and she raised like $250,000, and so she ended up turning that movement into a foundation, and so now they have this work, and, and I can verify that they hand out these vouchers. I think you get wow. like four to six, and wow. you can come back for um, additional 
So her, I'm looking at it right now, the lovelandfoundation.org. Rachel Cargill, uh, in response to her, again, as you said, that fundraiser, she has raised over $250,000. This is fantastic, y'all. The lovelandfoundation.org. Shayla, can we please reach out to Ms. Cargill? I'd love to have her come on as well. Uh, thank you so much for introducing us to her. So, so you're yeah. saying that there are some resources out there that are available. Are there ways that, in addition to seeking out therapeutic supports, are there ways that the non-black women in our lives can help us? Are there ways that the the men and other folk in our community can add to easing these burdens that contribute to this depression? Are there ways that other people in the community can and should be showing up differently so that black women are not shouldering this burden on top of the many others that they are also dealing with? Absolutely. And I think the key word in your question is community. Mm -hmm. You know, I think community is sometimes a lost concept. Um, because of how individualized the world has become. But, you know, when we think about community, it's showing up, and it's always just physically showing up. Sometimes it's it's emotionally showing up. You know what I mean? Listening, um, being available for somebody to release the feelings and acknowledge the feelings that they have with themselves, that, you know, they have a, a safe space to release. Talk therapy is great, and I do, like, it's a... um it's kind of reminiscent of, of just an ancient concept of community. You know, mm. sometimes when you just have somebody there who can listen to you, you can kind of release what you're feeling inside. So, yeah, folks around, you know, check on your black women. Check on mm. the women in your life. Like, ask them how they're doing, how they're really doing. You know, do you need me to buy groceries for you and the kids if you have someone in your life that is a single mom? You know, or just a black woman in general who's trying to break what we call generational curses, you know, mm. check on them. They may be working twice as hard and breaking down twice as fast. You just don't know it. Wow. There was, as I hear you talking, I'm reminded of this video I saw about uh, women in, in Zimbabwe. And in fact, I'm going to try to pull this on the commercial break, Brittany, so we can play this. But they created this program. Um, in English, it's known as the talking bench. And they call depression there thinking too much. It's this whole, because, you know, different cultures approach mental illness in, in a variety of ways. And they have trained uh, health female uh, workers within the community to basically provide a listening ear on these benches. And basically the person goes, they sit on the bench and any random person can come up and just start to unload almost like a confessional, but just the mere act of having another live person there that you can talk to who is not going to have judgment for you. It has done wonders for the participants in this program. So that idea of showing up as community in a variety of ways, I think we have just begun scratch. We've just barely scratched the surface in terms of the ways that our community can think of being able to show up for each other so that we are able to ensure that another generation of black women and girls are not going to have to suffer uh, from undiagnosed, unknowing undiagnosed issues with depression and, and hopelessness. And, and I, I would like if we only have just a minute or so left, but I'm wondering if you can talk with us about, you know, you, you study this work, you write about this, you've been, you've written prolifically about these issues and, and so many others related to the experiences of black women. What do you think our communities might look like? If the women who you talk about in this study were able to get access to the services that they need, paint a vision for us of how our community might be different if we weren't holding on to generations of depression. Absolutely. So uh, that's a really a great question. You know, just imagine a black woman waking up in the morning and she's excited to live. She's mm -hmm. excited to experience what life has to offer, 
Um, her default is not stress. Her default is not, okay, I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm upset with myself. But when I go to my workplace, I'll throw on a smile. No, her default is, is natural, genuine joy. It's freedom to experience herself in, in all facets of who she is. It's freedom to explore. You know, it's, it's freedom to adventure. But it's also freedom to cry when she needs to cry and to not be strong all the time. Mm. Sis, you talking vacation words to me. Like, <laughs> that would be, and I have, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm fairly emotionally sustained and healthy, but my God, the vision that you just painted. Imagine, y'all, the people who we now look to to hold our community together to make miracles out of air. Imagine if they had the emotional sustainability that they needed and could instead perform miracles out of substance, right? And imagine then uh, the community showing up so that we they don't have to do it in a way that feels like they are all alone. Can you please? How do people follow you and connect with you? I, I want to. I love Word in Black and the conglomeration of all of these Black-owned uh, news sources. How can people connect with you and the work that you're putting out? It is so necessary. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to my digital newsroom, Word in Black. Um, we collaborate with ten Black newspapers around the country. So if you want to support the legacy Black newspapers, connect with us at WordinBlack.com. We're on Twitter at Word in Black. I'm on Instagram at Word in Black News. You can reach me individually at alexaimanispencer.com or on Twitter at Alexa Imani. Alexa Imani Spencer, it's been a real pleasure having you here. This article was eye-opening, and I hope we can get you to come back to talk about more of the work that you've put out. It, again, absolutely necessary work, and we need more women writing about us from our own perspective. It's been a real pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry.